0: Hello and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Words of Welcome, the teaching ministry of Welcome Baptist Church, Heathfield. Over the last few weeks, we have been thinking about Jesus calling, Jesus calling people to himself. We've looked at the words, follow me. We've looked at Jesus saying, I want you to be fishers of people. These are incredible concepts. And as we move into Christmas, as we prepare our hearts for the, the celebrations and the joys of God's gift to the earth, Jesus Christ, I want us to continue that theme of following Jesus. I heard a lovely story uh, a few weeks ago uh, about a man who went through incredible difficulties. He was a soldier for the U.S. Army during the American Civil War. His family, his wife, his children had all died. They'd had a terrible, terrible illness. The whole family had died and he asked his commanding officer for for time away from the unit to go and bury and mourn his family. But his commanding officer said they were too busy. They weren't able to give him any time. He was stationed in Washington and he decided the only thing that he could do would be to go to the president, go to the White House and plead his case. He walked up to the gates of the White House in his uniform And was met by some soldiers there at the gate. And they said, what can we do for you? And he said, my my family have died. And I need time to to bury them, to mourn. I've come to ask the president for permission to take a few days. And the, the men at the gate said, no, I'm very sorry, but the president is too busy to see you. The man went into the park opposite the White House and sat on a bench there under a tree. and With his head in his hands, he began to weep. As he was weeping and mourning and heartbroken, a young boy walked past him and stopped and said, Mr, what's wrong? Why are you crying? The soldier didn't know why, but he told this young boy, All that had happened, the death of his family, his wife, his children. He said he'd come to speak to the president, but he was denied entry. And the boy said to him, follow me. The soldier didn't know why again he did, but he followed this young boy. They walked round behind the White House to a, a small gate behind. As the boy approached, the soldier on duty saluted very smartly, opened the gate, and the boy and the soldier went in. As they walked through the courtyard, people would uh, tug their hair at the young boy. The soldiers on duty saluted. They walked through the rose garden into the White House itself. Everybody nodded or saluted to the small boy. He got to the door of the Oval Office and knocked. A voice came in and said, come in. The boy walked in and President Lincoln said, hello, son, what can I do for you? I I love that story because it reminds us that many of us Follow Jesus, even though we do not know where he's taking us. We don't know where he's going to lead us, except he leads us always to the throne room of heaven. He leads us to the place where we can come before the Father and we can cry out and find grace and strength in our hour. So let's look at this passage in John, as Jesus calls the disciples. This probably predated the synoptic gospel's account of the, the calling of the disciples. Let's have a look at it. Verse 29 of John chapter 1. The next day, he, that's John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and remain on him. I myself did not know him. But he who sent me to baptise with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is who baptises with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. It's an incredible moment. John the Baptist has been baptising people in the Jordan. Many people from Jerusalem and the surrounding towns have been coming and watching. And John the Baptist has been preparing the way for Jesus, offering a baptism of repentance, making the path straight to Jesus. He's been saying, There is one who is to come. I baptize with water, but he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Mine is an outward symbol. His is the inward reality of God life credited to you. It's incredible. And here he is, verse 29, seeing Jesus. And he cries out, behold, the Lamb of God. It takes away the sin of the world. This idea of the lamb is so central to the message of the Old Testament, of the sacrifice, of the atonement, of the cleansing of God. Of course, in the garden, there was an animal slain for the, the skins that Adam and Eve wore after they had sinned. In the Passover, the lamb was slain and its blood put on the doors and the angel of death would pass over the house. There were all kinds of sacrifices and rituals. David cried out in Psalm 51, Cleanse me with hyssop. The imagery here is of the blood of the lamb just flicked on the altar, cleanse me with hyssop and I shall be clean. And John says, this is the moment. This is him. This is the one. This is the one I've been telling you about. It is him. He is here. Now, of course, for us, if you're watching this soon after I filmed it, it's uh, mid to late December and we are Celebrating the coming of Jesus. This one who is born in a manger in Bethlehem, a stable or a cave. The people come to and and worship the least in society, the shepherds and their sheep. But above this manger, always above the manger, Is the cross. Jesus came for a purpose to live a perfect sinless life and to die as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world on the cross. And John says, This is He. This is Him. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he, he says, verse 30. I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. Now, that could seem a little bit of a a complicated saying, but what John is saying in a nutshell is Jesus was before me. Now, if you, you know your scriptures, you actually know that that John the Baptist was conceived by Mary's cousin before Jesus was conceived. In fact, when Mary goes and tells Elizabeth, her cousin, all that's happened to her, her baby, John the Baptist, as he will become, jumps for joy in her womb. So what on earth does John the Baptist mean? He ranks higher than me because he's before me. Well, here we have a hint, a a, a light shone on the pre-existent nature of Jesus Christ. And this is something we've seen already in John. When John started his book, he said, in the beginning was the word, Jesus, and the word was with God, and the word was God in the beginning in the very beginning before there was anything. So we think this time of year particularly of Jesus being born to Mary and the donkey rides which we don't actually see in the Bible and the manger and things. Jesus was in existence before then. He reigned and ruled in heaven with the Father. The Father is eternal. You can't be an eternal father unless there is an eternal son. The two go together. And so here John the Baptist is illuminating, revealing this truth that Jesus Christ is eternal, pre-existent. Jesus himself will say it to the Pharisees. He'll say to them in John 8, verse 58, before Abraham was, I am. And in saying something like that, Jesus is equating himself with the very holy name of God. I am, I am who I will be, Yahweh the sacred, almighty, living God of hosts. Before Abraham was, I am. And here John says, Jesus never began his existence. He has always been. Verse 31, uh, it gets a little bit more complicated. I myself did not know him This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So twice here, John says, I myself did not know him. Again, we're going to be thinking to ourselves, hold on a second. John was Jesus' cousin. Of course, he knew him. So what is John saying here? Well, John is saying, it's not that I didn't know he existed. It's that I didn't know he was the one. I did not know he was the Messiah until I saw heaven open and the Holy Spirit remain upon him. I knew he was special. I knew there was something about him because I I said, you should baptize me, not me be baptizing you. But I didn't know he was the one. I didn't know he was the promised Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world and who would baptize with Holy Spirit fire. But now I know and I declare it to you. Verse 34, I have seen and I have borne witness that he is the Son of God. That's basically what we do at Christmas time. We do what John the Baptist did. We point people again and again to Jesus, the gift of God, who takes away the sin of the world, who gives us eternal life, who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit to make us fit to live in this world and to enter into eternity with him. The story goes on, verse 35. The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us who they both were. It tells us that Andrew was one of them. The other is most likely to be John, the writer of this gospel. Not John the Baptist, John, the writer of this gospel. The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked by. It's happening again. And said, behold, the Lamb of God. It says almost exactly the same thing. Um, I love this because it means I can repeat my sermons, which I often do. Though I do notice that John gets a bit shorter when he repeats his. I tend to get longer. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus now something very beautiful about that as John points out Jesus again Andrew and John have a change of direction we've seen this again and again with calling it involves a, a change of direction a, a new internal sat-nav, if you like. They no longer follow John the Baptist. They start to follow Jesus. And I want you to see, actually, here, it isn't just an intellectual assent to Jesus being greater than John the Baptist. It isn't something they just believe. It's something they do They actually follow. Look at the next verse. Jesus turned and saw them following. We can make our following so airy-fairy, such an intellectual exercise that we miss the truth that following Jesus is often, often accompanied by action. It's not enough to just say, Jesus Christ is Lord. It demands my life, my soul, my all. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And they stayed with him that day it was about the 10th hour. I would give anything to stay an hour with Jesus. And here John and Andrew stay with him for a day. And Christianity is about that. Now in the razzmatazz and the, the excitement of Christmas we can easily forget that part of our Christian life is staying and waiting, waiting and watching, pausing, studying, being with him. In fact, Eugene Peterson translates Matthew 11 verse 28 like this, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I I love that. There's this staying and watching and waiting and and pausing and keeping company with Jesus. And we do that through his word. And we do it through prayer. We do it by coming and presenting ourselves as as living sacrifices to him, gazing on him, watching him, and doing what he does. And that's what the boys do. They spend a day with Jesus. Verse 40, one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found Messiah, which means the Christ. He brought him to Jesus, looked at him and said, so you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. What an incredible story. I don't know if you noticed it. But John points Andrew to Jesus. And Andrew points Peter to Jesus. One tells another, and then another, and they come and they see him for themselves. There's this incredible moment when Peter first meets Jesus here in this story at least uh, and Jesus changes his name you no longer will be called simon which can mean reed you shall no longer be called reedy you shall be called cephas rocky he changes us that's what it means to baptize with with the holy spirit and fire it's a change that is from the inside out not the outside in peter is going to be transformed it's going to take his whole lifetime but he will be transformed through his gazing through his staying through his watching through following the example of jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter will be transformed from reed to rock. So what about us? Well, I think we need to know there is great power in example. It's very hard for us to move closer to Christ If there is no example for us to follow, Andrew and John followed John. He pointed them to Christ and then they followed Christ. Peter had the example of Andrew. Come and see. Come and see, we found Messiah. And he follows. It's an example to follow, a good example is not only inspirational for us, but it sets a pattern for us to copy. And not only do we benefit from having the example of others, but actually we are called by Jesus to be an example to others, to point to Jesus, whether by speaking as I do, or living and serving, as many do, we are called to point to this one, this Lamb of God who takes away the sins of this world, the the one who baptises with fire, the one who transforms us from from weak and reedy to rock-like and faithful, Some of us have had incredible things said to us. I remember being called famously once a a great waste of good skin. These things hurt. But Jesus says that's not the truth. That's not the whole truth. That's nothing but the truth. That's nothing like the truth. I give you a new name. Your name is faithful. Your name is strong. Your name is overcoming one, not faithless, not adulterer, not thief. Your name is faithful, beloved, chosen, held. I love that. So we are called to be an example. Albert Schweitzer, the French theologian, he was a philosopher and a doctor, said this. Example is not the main thing in influencing others It's the only thing. More depends on your walk than your talk. What you practice than you preach. What you do than what you say. We know this. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. So what about us? In the busyness of Christmas time. We are called to follow, to look at Jesus, to watch and wait, to open our hands in worship and cry to ourselves and to the world around us. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. And happy Christmas. Thank you for listening to Words of Welcome. For new episodes and more, please visit welcomebaptistchurch.uk.